people get excited about the I do's and the I wills when it's wedding time. It's a beautiful thing to dream about the blissful day with the one you love. But too often we are not taking the time to consider the reality of the day-to-day -day living or securing our future. It is absolutely necessary to consider life after the honeymoon. I am Dr. Sabrina Ellis and welcome to Wife Life Securing Your Future. Hello, I am Dr. Sabrina Ellis and welcome to Wife Life Securing Your Future. This is part of the D-Free Podcast Network. Here we're going to have some tough but necessary conversations. According to the CDC, the divorce rate is more than 50% in the U.S. And about a quarter of Americans aged 65 and older are widowed. Most people don't want to think about their marriage ending in divorce or, or having their spouse pass away, but it's important to plan for the unexpected. For many women, the road to poverty begins after their husband dies. That's why women need to know what financial plans are in place to take care of them and their children in the event of divorce or death. So as I said, we are going to have some tough but necessary conversations. Before I uh, do this. I, I know that that the I do's and uh, um, and the I wills. Um, people get excited about that when it's marriage time, when it's wedding time, when we're making those vows to one another. That's an exciting time. They plan the big day and have every detail organized. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to dream about the blissful day with the one you love. But too often we are not taking the time to consider the reality of the day-to-day -day living or securing our future. We become blinded to the everyday living while dreaming. If we fail to plan for the days ahead, we may find ourselves wanting to give up. Marriages take work. It can be the most fulfilling work of our lives. It is one job that is worth all the effort, but is more than just the actual physical tasks that make a household run. After the commitment, it is absolutely necessary to consider life after the honeymoon. Most people make plans for having children where they, uh, um, they're going to live, uh, what kind of house they will have, how many cars they're going to have, if they're going to have a dog or no dog. But many do not think about the possibility of losing a spouse. Everyone wants to believe that they will live long and happy lives together. And one night in their old age, they'll just fall asleep together and never get up the next day. 
That's the stuff movies are made of, but not normally real life. And I know most of us don't want to think about the end when we are just beginning, but that is the time to set plans for the what ifs. What if we are parted by death? What if it gets worse before it gets better? What if sickness becomes a reality? As unpleasant and uncomfortable as this discussion may be, the benefit to the widow or even the widower helps to make the future bearable. Another possibility that most do not want to think about is that the marriage could fail and end in divorce. You may think that this is a topic that will never pertain to you, but it happens. I personally experienced this in my childhood with my own parents. I grew up as a preacher's kid. When I was very young, my father was sent to pastor a very small church in a rural city in Ohio. My family did not live in that small town, but my parents, siblings, and I traveled from a larger city twice a week. This was our life for several years. Somewhere within that period of several years, my parents' marriage began to suffer. The disagreements became full-blown arguments, and those arguments became more and more public. Ultimately, my father decided to divorce my mother. Although I cannot remember how long, I do know some time had passed from the beginning of my parents' problems to the final separation. In the meantime, my father led the congregation he pastored in building a new church in that small town. In his eagerness to complete the building, he used our family home as collateral. I can't say whether or not that this was a problem for my mother because I really don't remember. But assuming that it was not a major issue, it certainly would have been a point of contention among the many other concerns. What I do know is that this eventually did become a major difficulty. Soon after my father decided that he no longer wanted to be married to my mother, he left us. Not too long after that, he decided he did not want to pastor that rural church any longer. So he resigned and moved to another state. Well, my mother tried to keep moving forward with us, with us, with her three children, but I saw the struggle that she was having. Family members and friends pitched in with their financial support as she continued to work at one of the local libraries, trying to make a living for her family. Eventually, the struggle would become a nightmare when the remaining leadership of the church notified my mother that they were claiming their property, which was the house we had lived in for several years. What I realized as an adult that I did not realize as a teenager 
is that they had every legal right to take what was probably the only collateral they had for the loan my father acquired for that new building. But that does not uh, erase the memory of the emotional stress that my mother encountered when she knew she had her three children and we all had to vacate the property in a matter of days. My father was nowhere around to help make sense of this mess. Family friends assisted as best they could, but that only lasted for a short while. We ultimately moved into an apartment, which was new to my siblings and myself because we had always lived in a house. No matter how many times we moved, we always lived in a house. Our entire lives changed and my mother was not prepared for it. Mom had to apply for what we called food stamps at the time. She struggled to keep a car and pay the rent while she finished the job of raising her three children. I doubt that the day she married my father, she was thinking, what will I do if this doesn't last forever? She probably thought, like most, we will only be parted by death. From this time in my life, I realized that we must be prepared for the unexpected in life. Women need to know what financial plans are in place to take care of themselves and their children in the event of divorce or death. So here on this podcast, Wife Life, Securing Your Future, I am going to help you create a plan to secure your future in the event of finding yourself living alone again. I do not want you to have to fumble through the way uh, or making a way like so many widows and divorcees have previously. My hope is to keep you from ending up living at the poverty level like so many widows and divorcees do. Today, we have a special guest, Pastor Tammy Christian from New Beginnings Ministry is going to join us to discuss her journey and the life lessons she learned after her husband passed away. Pastor Christian, Please tell us about your husband and welcome, welcome to this podcast. Tell us a little bit about your spouse. Hello. First, I would like to say thank you to you, Pastor Sabrina, for having me on your show and for thinking of me for this very important work and mission that you have taken up with doing so, as you said, my name is Tammy Christian. I was married to Reverend Ronald B. Christian. He was the pastor of Christian Love Baptist Church for approximately 12 years, where he was the senior pastor. 
um, until the time of his unforeseen passing in October of 2015. And so uh, on that day, it was October 30th, that morning I got a, uh, a phone call that I will never forget tell me about the passing of my husband and his death was untimely. He died of a heart attack um, and there was no warning of it. So it was shocking, it was sudden. Uh, it set off a whole whirlwind of events, of course, uh, emotionally, of course, the, the part about mourning and grieving. We have three children together and um, they were very young at the time. And uh, it set off a whole whirlwind of events, emotionally, mentally, financially, uh, socially, everything around me became <laughs> like this tornado instantly, just like that. My life had changed in the lives of my children. You mentioned that your husband passed suddenly. It was unexpected. So then are you saying that there was um, no long illness? He did not suffer, um, which might have given you in some sense uh, some time to prepare for his passing. But there was no long illness. Right. There was no long illness. Uh, he was in his early 50s in uh, relatively good health. There were no warning signs. He was um, at work at church in his office at the time of his passing. He was not incapacitated. He was not in the hospital. He was not under a doctor's care for any kind of sickness or infirmity. Would you share with us, if you don't mind, um, what life was like for you financially prior to your husband's passing? Prior to his passing, we lived a relatively comfortable, good life financially and materially. Uh, we lived in a middle class to upper middle class area, very nice home. Uh, we had vehicles, we had uh, cash on hand. Um, we lived a very good, blessed, comfortable, prosperous life when he was alive. So when you were faced with um, what you mentioned to be a devastating situation and your world came tumbling down. Um, when you were faced with the financial struggles, how did you feel to have to go through that? You mentioned that it was emotionally devastating. Um, but do you mind expanding on that a little bit? Absolutely. So, you know, going through, as you know, the grieving process of your husband, it is a pain that's almost inexplicable because the two do become one. 
And as you said, when you say I do, you have the expectation of living this long life with your spouse and just going nicely in your sleep, you know, maybe together holding hands, you know, you have this wonderful vision of how your life is going to play out with this person that you have pledged to be with for the rest of your life. So the grief is literally like a tearing, a ripping in your soul uh, when that partner, when that person that you have been one with, that you have shared everything with, you know, not just your outside face, but the real you that you share with the hard times and the person that you push through the hard times with the person that you put up with more stuff than you would put up with anyone else, that person who knows you intimately and you know them intimately, and yet you still decide to stay and work it out and raise children together and thinking that you're gonna, uh, you know, have grandchildren and maybe great grandchildren with. So it is a whole devastation, not just of that actual loss, but the loss of your future plans, the loss of your vision, the loss of your dreams, the loss of how you thought in your mind, everything would play out in your life. It is not only a devastation, but it is an extreme disruption that now everything that you thought felt safe secure and sure in your life because you had this long range plan. Now everything has been disrupted in a, a most violent way emotionally, but uh, along with the actual loss of that person and everything that was connected to that person e emotionally, and as far as your future plans, there can also be the loss of financial and material things. And uh, I'm not speaking of financial material things in a way of loving money, loving material things, because certainly we have never seen uh, one person leave this planet, you know, pile up their things in a funeral home and it goes up with them. We've never seen a person not take even one copper penny with them. So we know that our lives uh, is, does not consist of material things, that the value of our lives is not about material things and or about the love of money. However, there is, even within that life partnership, there is and was, I know for myself and I'm sure for many other people, when we got married, a part of our partnership was a financial uh, struggle, if you will, building up that we did together in that partnership, the comfortable life that we had uh, attained. It didn't begin on the same level, but in that partnership, we built it, we built it up together. We supported one another. We supported uh, one another's goals and dreams and work and uh, all the work that it took to get to that place. Uh, for myself, my husband being a full-time pastor, when we uh, initially were married, I was the provider so that he could 
uh, be in ministry full time. And the church, when we first came to it, was a small church as far as the number of members and as far as the budget, it was very small and it was not able to support him or to give him a salary initially or any kind of benefits. So I was the provider as uh, he was able to be free to be a full-time pastor until the time that the ministry was built up. So that, that partnership what was uh, obtained financially and materially was representative of our years together, of our life together. So the depletion and the loss of resources, financial resources and material things, it was uh, grievous. It was hurtful not hurt uh, behind a piece of uh, plexiglass, a plexiglass uh, car or, or brick and wood house, but it was hurtful because it represented what we built together. And it was like yet another piece of our lives being taken away. It was like yet another piece of all of the years. Not only was he physically no longer present, but the things that surrounded us, they were also going away. And so in the morning process, you hold on to things, not for the sake of things, but you hold on to them because of what they represent. And they're like a reminder of your life together. And in that morning process, you want to be able to either give away or put away things or move away in your time, when you're ready emotionally, but when you face financial uh, challenges, those things may have to go away quicker than you are ready to part with them. So there is a, another lay, layer of the grieving process that takes place in the loss of financial things and material things. Well, Pastor Tammy, it sounds like it's 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 a, a second grief, a second grief process. Would you say that the the dilemma that you found yourself in was as a result of not actually preparing for the future? I heard you say that you made plans, but were those plans for the present or for the future in case something like this was to happen. So would you say the devastation came as a result of lack of financial planning? Absolutely. That portion of the devastation, the, um, the financial and material losses, they were due to a lack of planning. And uh, as you spoke about, as I spoke about how, you know, you plan this future with this person that you are marrying, a lot of times those plans that we make are actually more sentimental, more emotional, more about a vision that we have, but that vision needs to translate into some real uh, planning, real steps, concrete financial 
and yes, worldly steps that we take in order to secure our future. And so, yes, there was a lacking of concrete financial plans on our part. Thank you. Thank you. The last thing that I would like to ask you is what advice would you give other women? You've had this experience and maybe there's somebody that will hear this podcast and learn something to do differently. What would your advice be for that person? The advice that I would offer to women and men concerning planning for their financial future is that um, you have to be goal-oriented. You need to be uh, specific and you need to take the actual steps that are needed to secure your financial future. When you consider your future with your loved one, with your partners, with your children, that future is not just about being surrounded by your loved ones, being with them the time that you have with them, but it is also about the life that you have to live and what is required to support that life. And as long as we are in this world, money is required to support the uh, lives that we want to live. And so I would like to say for um, for people who have already lost their spouse and uh, may find yourself in a situation that is financially challenge- challenging, a situation that is new for you uh, financially, I would say, first of all, to take things one day at a time because it can be overwhelming with trying to figure out your future, trying to figure out your finances, trying to figure out where you're going to go from here. And Pastor Sabrina, as um, I was um, meditating and preparing myself mentally for the show, um, if you will, I just want to add this, that the Lord said to me that people need hope. People who are in the situation, who have faced loss, like I was so moved as you were telling the story of your mother, what uh, you guys went through, what your mother went through, what yourself and your siblings, what you went through as the result of uh, these devastating financial things that were uh, sprung upon you guys unexpectedly. And so people need hope in order to face the issues that they need to take care of and not feel overwhelmed to the point where you do nothing. In Ecclesiastes 11, it says, cast your bread upon many waters, invest in seven different ventures, yes, even eight, because you never know which one is going to bring a return, and you do not know the disaster that will come upon the earth. And so it is important that in your vision, 
in your dreams, that you take those visions, that you take those dreams and that you solidify them, that you secure them, write them out on paper, write your plan out on paper, a business plan. When you get an idea, write your ideas and then translate your ideas into business, into a stream of income for yourself. As uh, Ecclesiastes says, again, into even seven streams. Don't limit yourself. Don't think of finances as a taboo topic within your family, within your marriage. And so importantly, do not think about passing transition of yourself and your loved ones as a taboo topic. As Pastor Sabrina, as you said, the unexpected. And I would say also not only the unexpected, but the inevitable. It is inevitable that one day we are all are going to leave this earth. And if you're married, one of you is going to leave first. And so there needs to be a plan and recognize again, that it's not a taboo topic, but recognize that we need to take these visions and emotions of love and, you know, how our future is going to be forever with this person, we need to take those visions and emotions and think about the future of our loved ones, of our spouse, of our children, when we leave this place, knowing that they're already gonna have to face the grief, the mourning, the heartache, the pain, all of those things. And then think about that heartache, that grief, that pain, that mourning being compounded by the loss of a home, being compounded by the question, by the issue of where are we going to live, being compounded by the issue of how are we going to eat? How are we going to provide for our future? Think about your loved ones. Pastor Sabrina, our love for each other should translate into works. Our love for each other should translate into securing the future of our loved ones. The Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. What better way when we leave this earth than to leave a legacy. What better way to say I love you than for our spouse, our children, even grandchildren to have a legacy that is left behind, to have a legacy whereas where we took years to build up a husband and wife, they take years to build up from where they started to leave a legacy that will put your children and your future generations, that legacy 
will build a launching pad for the future generations not to have to go down to ground zero to start all over, but to have a launching pad that will spring them and propel them even from the place that you started so that the legacy can continue to be built up, can continue to be formed, can continue to go higher instead of having your loved ones left in the place of how do I even bury my loved one? How do I deal with the financial, the legal issues? Because there was no will, because there was no insurance, because there was no plan, because we daydreamed about the future, but we didn't plan for the future. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Tammy. I appreciate you for taking the time to discuss this very difficult um, situation. This is a hard conversation, but we appreciate you and your time to share with us today. I know your story will help a lot of people, and I'm looking forward to those who will hear your story. This concludes the first episode of the Wife Life Securing Your Future podcast, part of the D-Free podcast network. In the next episode, we're going to start unwrapping what needs to be done to prepare you financially to ensure that your future is less devastating and more secure.